This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The following is a presentation of A's Cast, your free 24-7 nonstop destination for A's baseball. This is Green and Gold History. 50-plus years of stories, championships, and colorful characters. This is A's Baseball. This is Green and Gold History. David Feldman, how are you? It's been a while. It's been a while, Townie. I'm well. How are you doing? Uh, I'm doing well. And, of course, we call you our A's historian, but all the work you do on television. Let's get into our top ten. What is the top ten we will be doing today? So this came from me misreading a, a tweet from Cody. Uh, he had texted me. He says, what about if we do, uh, you know, the biggest winter meeting moves? And I read it as biggest movies. <laughs> it got me thinking about the A's in movies and pop culture and the green and gold always popping up, maybe where you least expect it. And how, what a thrill it is. I mean, for me, growing up as an A's fan, and you see the A's in a TV show or in a movie, I mean, it was just, it got my attention and I just logged onto it, right? So kind of looking back and wherever the A's showed up in pop culture and here's sort of the top 10 things where uh, the A's unexpectedly, sometimes expectedly, showed up. I love it. This is such a good idea. See, this is the kind of creative stuff we do on A's Cast and A's Cast Live in the off season. Yeah, I mean, it lends itself to it. And I think, I mean, come on. You're an A's fan. You see an A's hat somewhere. Uh, you get excited. It's just it's just a natural reaction. All right, let's do it. All right, number ten, and we're going to start with a, a former A's executive vice president. That's MC Hammer. Uh, MC Hammer, you know, by the end of the '80s, with you can't touch this, was one of the biggest stars in the country. I mean, he's on par with with Michael Jackson and Madonna and Prince, and MC Hammer was right there. So now he's putting out his second album. And he's going to put out his first single. It's going to be Too Legit to Quit. And he's putting out a video. This is still one of the most expensive videos ever made. It's over 14 minutes long. It has celebrity superstars like Henry Winkler, Queen Latifah, Robin Fab from Millie Vanilli. Can't have a good video without Robin Fab. James Brown, the godfather of soul. Jim Belushi opens it up. As a, as, as a newscaster announcing that Hammer has quit the business. And there's this whole plot line about Hammer having to go steal Michael Jackson's glove because uh, James Brown tells him to do that. All great. But then in the middle of it, there's a dance break in the middle of this video. And Hammer breaks out the sweetest A's varsity jacket you've ever seen. And the whole dance crew has the A's varsity jackets on. And they got uh, shorts, green shorts, and they're breaking it down. Uh, it's it's A's galore just dancing up a storm to too legit to quit. And then now the sports celebrities start showing up in the video. There's Jose Canseco. There's Ricky Henderson. Kirby Puckett, Deion Sanders, Chris Mullen is in too legit to quit video. Unbelievable. And this is the A's 
getting that that front and center with the dance break. This, if you got a time, you got time. You got 14, 15 minutes. Go to YouTube. Too legit to quit. It's an epic video. It's been so long. What year was that? So that came out in 1991. 1991. That's my first year at San Jose State. That's how long ago that was. It's a long time. But I mean, Hammer, he was the biggest star going. I mean, he had a Saturday morning cartoon. He had everything. That's how big this guy was. And Michael Jackson loved the video because there was a little you know, teasing of Michael about stealing his glove. But supposedly Michael loved it. Well, uh, yeah, you were. You're, I mean, you, you're dead on. He was. He was an absolute superstar, and he made a lot of money. Unfortunately, didn't keep it. But uh, he definitely, at one point, was as big as anybody. All right, number nine. Number nine, and this is kind of a personal favorite of mine. Is sometimes you just don't know when the A's are going to pop up. But it's the movie Field of Dreams. Now, remember the movie Kevin Costner? He kidnaps. Uh, James Earl Jones' character, Terrence Mann, and he takes him to a baseball game at Fenway Park. Uh, who's playing? It's the A's and the Red Sox. Fenway Park, and they actually show you video, and there's Rod Hassey at the bat against Oil Can Boyd flying out the center fielder, Brady Anderson, who was a rookie center fielder with the Red Sox for the first part of the 88 season when this was uh, filmed. Rod Hassey flying out and field the dreams. And that's, I mean, I remember sitting in the theater and my eyes just get big. It's Ron Hassey. You can see, you can see that batting stance. Then he flies out. It's actually a game the A's ended up losing. Uh, this was in May of 1988. They lost 4-1. to And Boyd outpitched Dave Stewart. But you know what? Kevin Costner and James Old Jones don't know that because they left that game early. So they don't even know the outcome. It's baseball, Ray. <laughs> and then, and People then we- will come. And then, and then in the end, when he, you know, Kevin Costner gets emotional, like, Dad, can we just have a catch? How do you not I mean, love that? I hate it. I mean, I love the book. The book was Shoeless Joe by W.P. Kinsella, and it's just it's so well written. It's such a great story. Uh, and I was so excited for the movie, I mean, just because I love the book so much. And then to see Ron Hassey get a starring role. How good is this? <laughs> <laughs> field of dream you know it's like some of these movies or just like the video on youtube we need to go back and watch these yeah i mean i actually saw field of dreams was on you know mlb networks and playing a lot of movies again lately and it was on and it sucked me in and it was great it i mean i know it's a little smalty at times and some people are like eh, it's a little too soft but i just it's fantastic oh so good number eight so number eight it's a tupac shakur Tupac. Tupac. There was a movie in 1993. He starred in with Janet Jackson called Poetic Justice. And in the movie, he plays a kid from Oakland and they actually travel back to Oakland. And he wears this sweet A's starter jersey uh, and an A's hat. And he's decked out in the A's gear. And this stuff is actually for sale still. You can go online. You can see there's there's photos of it, people trying to sell this jersey. Because it's, it wasn't your typical A's jersey. Uh, I had pinstripes on it, so it made it a little different. But it's Tupac decked out in A's gear, which is fantastic. And Tupac, who, yes, he was born in New York, but he actually went to high school in Mill Valley at Tamalpais High. So he had a, he has a Bay Area connection. He also had a very small role. If you remember this, this is your hip-hop time in 1990, The Humpty Dance by Digital Underground. The remember Humpty this? Dance is your chance doing the hump. Exactly. So Humpty. So in that video, 
Tupac is actually one of the backup dancers. He's in there. And also there are two backup dancers wearing A's shirts. And in this crowd in the video for the Humpty Dance is a whole bunch of people in A's swag. So Tupac had a little history with the A's, but then in the movie Poetic Justice, he's decked out. He is an A's fan. This is phenomenal knowledge. And this is where you can only get on A's cast. I mean, come on. And, you know, I have a staunch history of, of knowing my 90s hip-hop and Tupac's right there. <laughs> yeah, number seven. Number seven. So back in the 70s, when there were only three channels, right, ABC, CBS, NBC, uh, there was something called the made-for-TV movie. And these were big. These were big-time events when you'd get your Sunday night TV movie. And in 1977, there's a movie called Murder at the World Series. And it's starring Bruce Boxleitner and Karen Valentine. Big stars. Murder at the World Series. And the plot is about a psychopath who was once cut by the Astros in spring training, plans revenge against the team by staging a series of kidnappings. That's the plot. Movie opens up. And you hear an announcer. It's the 1976 World Series. It's the A's versus the Astros. Remember at the time the Astros were in the National League. A's, Astros, World Series. And you saw the movie starts. You hear the TV announcer. He says, two outs, bottom of the ninth. Don Baylor digging in. Coliseum and crowd in Oakland rooting for the A's to come back. And then they kind of go to a shot of a TD. And you see a player in an A's uniform who is definitely not Don Baylor. Because he's like an old pudgy white guy at the plate. And it's clearly shot at the Astrodome because there's AstroTurf and it's the Astrodome. And you see him fly out to Cesar Cedeno in center field. And we learned from the announcer, the A's had led the series two games to none, but now they've lost three straight at the Coliseum. And the series is moving back to Houston for game six and seven. So now me, as my 10-year-old self watching this, I'm pissed because the A's just blew a 2-0 lead in the World Series. Watch a movie, I'm getting upset about it. But I love it because you hear the A's get their starting lineup announced. We're Camp Benares, this whole this whole thing going on. Uh, again, it wasn't real because the A's did lose the World Series to the Astros. But uh, it was just, you know, a 10-year-old kid, and you hear the A's in the World Series. How good is that? So what, what happened? Does anybody get kidnapped? I mean, what, what, what happened? Yeah, so he actually, the kidnapper, whose name is Cisco. Uh, he sends a cassette tape to the Houston Astros organization, and literally he says this, I'm going to kidnap one of the Astros ladies until they pay him the money they owe him. And he was asking for $150,000. Yes, he was going to kidnap one of the Astros ladies. And I'm a polite figuring, kidnapper. I, I'm figuring it, the, the plot didn't work out. It didn't work out. It got foiled at the end. Uh, you know, all the Astros ladies were fine, uh, and they caught, caught Cisco. But it tells you, you never know when you cut somebody in spring training, what could happen. <laughs> Beware, baseball people. Are we on number six? Uh, number six. And this is uh, this got a lot of play uh, in the recent year, but it's Toy Story 4. It's the Ricky Henderson bobblehead in Toy Story. Um, and I think we know that the people over at Pixar um, – Jonas Rivera, who's a huge A's fan, the head of production. There's always Oakland and East Bay stuff and a lot of the films. Uh, but to see the Ricky Henderson bobblehead, that was just, that's special, right? Because 
these these movies are tremendous and about childhood toys. And I think if you're a kid of any age, having a Ricky Henderson bobblehead is a pretty special thing. And then to see it in a movie like that, it's just it's just a great it's a great thing. Which Toy Story? Toy Story Four, the last one that came out. You know what? I think I, I think that's the one. I don't think I've seen that. You know, th- things have changed in my life as my kids have turned into teenagers. <laughs> yeah, I bet. <laughs> yeah, the, you know, Disney princess movies and all that stuff is uh, has gone away. Yeah, this is. Uh, it was good because they they sent out some publicity stills early, and you saw the little bobblehead, and it was Ricky. Uh, it's just cool. And Jonas, again, a huge A's fan. He's been out to the Coliseum many, yeah. many times. And it's just great having him put little A's, uh, Easter eggs in places. Yeah, that is pretty cool. I, I now have to see that. You know, the problem was I have this producer um, that acts like he's 12 years old and came, <laughs> in, came into my house and told my kids how he didn't like it, um, which was kind of a bummer. Do you remember I that? Like as a big toy, as I grew up, when Toy Story the first one came out, I was a kid. What, I was like eight when Toy Story one came out, and then seeing two and three, I thought they the, the way number three ended was perfect. And then I I don't know, I just wasn't a huge fan of four. I didn't hate it, I just wasn't a big fan. I thought it should have ended at three. I remember telling the twins it should have stopped at three, but I don't know. Everyone so has that, a different opinion. So that really made my kids want to go see it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what do we have, five? Number five, and now we're going back to mid-'80s television. Now, this is 1984. The A's, I mean, they're they're in a bad time. Billy Martin is gone. They're playing in the Coliseum. There's no crowd. They're not very good, and they just are not in the public eye. And they're never on the game of the week. Nobody knows about the Oakland A's. But now there's a network TV show. And one of the main characters spends the entire series wearing an Oakland A's hat. And that TV show was Highway to Heaven. Aired from 1984 to 1989. Michael Landon was one of the stars. He was an angel. And Victor French was his ruffled human. And Victor French always wore an A's hat. Uh, His character in the show was a former Oakland cop who was fired for excessive force. But now he's teaming with Michael Landon to, to save the day. I never watched the show, to be honest. But I love the fact that Victor French was wearing an A's cap. Again, the A's were in, I mean, nobody's public mind in those years, in 84, uh, 85, 86. There, were, there was nothing there. But Victor French wearing an A's hat on network television every week. I kind of, he was the older guy, right? Yeah, older guy with the beard and the mustache. Yeah, I I kind of remember that. Yeah, and you know, people always wondered why wasn't he wearing an angel's cap because he was working with Michael Landon, who was an angel. It would have made more sense. But nah, he was a former Oakland cop. He wore his A's hat proudly. It was, it was kind of a dirty, ratty A's hat, to be honest with you. But it, it put the A's at least again on network TV once a week for you know five, six seasons. Awesome. Number four. Number four. I'm telling you, everybody, you need to go to YouTube and look this one up. This is Super Dave Osborne and Billy Martin. Now, Super Dave was the brainchild of comedian Bob Einstein, who's probably most known by people for Curb Your Enthusiasm, Marty Funkhauser. Uh, 
people might not know that that Bob Einstein is actually the older brother of Albert Brooks. And this is a comedian family. Their dad was a huge comedian. But uh, Super Day was this character that was created. He's a naive but optimistic stuntman uh, who was often gravely injured when his stunts went horribly wrong. And uh, Super Day was a frequent guest of David Letterman. He had him on all the time, and he would do these bizarre stunts. I mean, they would. they go horribly wrong. Uh, so now he was on a show. There was a show called Bizarre, which is sort of a variety show, and Super Day was a, it was a character. And this was one of the segments on Bizarre. Uh, and it was, here's your toughest stunt yet. You're going to go to the Oakland Coliseum, and you're going to go insult Billy Martin to his face. And that was the setup. Super Dave just hurling a bunch of insults at Billy Martin and then having to deal with the consequences. And it's great when you watch the video because you see the Coliseum and it's pre-Mount Davis glory. It looks beautiful. This is 1981 when they did this. Um, Super Dave insults him. Billy finally has him follow him up the hallway to the A's clubhouse. You actually get a nice shot of what the A's hallway, which is still pretty much the same, that leads down to the field, going up to the clubhouse. Then Billy takes him into a closet and proceeds to kick the crap out of Super Dave. Just <laughs> kicks the crap out of him and then throws him out into the hallway. And Super Dave says it was his toughest stunt yet dealing with Billy Martin. It's fantastic. And at one point, Super Dave kind of had his own show, if I remember correctly. He had a Showtime show, I want to say. Like an early, when Showtime just started, I believe he was. Um, but he was great. He just yeah. he had some great bits with Super Dave, but Super Dave and Billy Martin, awesome. Wow, oh, that is that 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 takes and remember, Super Dave would always be in that red suit, and he was a pretty big guy. Yeah. And folks, you got you gotta go look at they they used to shoot him out of a cannon and it wouldn't work. <laughs> he would like he was gonna be like he, he was like the bad evil can evil and he was like gonna jump cars and he'd run right into the car and he'd be so banged up. <laughs> oh, the good old days, Dave. Oh, super Dave. Loved I loved when he showed up on Letterman. All right, number three. Number three, this came out just a few years ago, the unauthorized. Bash Brother Experience, brought to you by the Lonely Island and Berkeley's own Andy Samberg, which is a 27-minute uh, little feature on Netflix that told the story of Conseco and McGuire through song, including guest appearances by Maya Rudolph, Sterling K. Brown, basically a, <clears throat> excuse me, a love letter to the late 80s days. I mean, some classic songs, and I, just to see the, the beginning song with Conseco and McGuire and what they do, and the, the the videography, the shots around Oakland, the A's uniform. I mean, it was fantastic. It's a great, you got 27 minutes and just have a good time reliving McGuire and Conseco and the Bash Brothers. This is what you need to tune into. Yeah, that was a, uh, that was a lot of fun. That was, <laughs> that was, a, and you know, the thing is, it's like all the stuff we're talking about, we have probably so many listeners that are like, they have no, they have, you just got to go research. There was a lot of fun stuff that happened uh, back in the day. That's different than what you're going to, you know, we, we're now in the Netflix Hulu, you know, generation. What's the new thing out? Peacock, you know, that's it. This was a different time. And, and a lot of it was done on network television. Yeah. Yeah. And this is, this is just fantastic. I mean, Conseco himself even tweeted that he loved it. And couldn't stop laughing. And then, of course, Conseco wanted to be in the part two because, you know, it's Jose. He's got to jump on anything. 
Yeah. But just it really was a love letter to the A's, and you could see that they they got the personalities down pat. Uh, it was brilliant. Number two, we talk about sometimes the A's showing up unexpectedly and just uh, blows your mind. I don't think anything was more unexpected uh, than watching The Simpsons back in 2006, and you're watching an episode, and it's all about Bart starting a curb painting service where he's going to paint your address number on the curb but he he doesn't finish in front of the simpsons house he only has a seven and four and so all of a sudden homer comes out and he finishes the painting by writing 74 oakland a's best team ever because homer just wanted to tell the 74 oakland a's how he felt about them and then who pulls up the 74 oakland a's pull up in a convertible there's sal bando there's gene tennis Gino tells Sal to give Homer a 74 A's thank you, Hawk. And then they drive off. But out of nowhere, the 75 A's in a Simpsons episode, 74 A's in a Simpsons episode. How great is that? That is, that is great. I, that, I, I got to YouTube that. And that's what it, it was so, the scripts were so off the wall that like anybody could show up at any time. Yeah. Yeah, and then see the A's, and it's Homer. Homer just wanted to tell the 74 Oakland A's how he felt about them. How sweet is that? <laughs> that is good. And number one. Number one, I guess we can all guess it. It's Moneyball. Yeah. Uh, started as a book uh, written by Michael Lewis, Moneyball, The Art of Winning an Unfair Game, uh, published in 2003, talking about exploiting deficiencies in the business of baseball and sort of the you know, I remember I was traveling with the A's in 2002, and Michael Lewis traveled with us for a little while, talking to everybody. Um, you know, and just it was it was a groundbreaking book. It was a business book set around baseball and talking about how the A's were able to find undervalued statistics and exploit that uh, things that were totally overlooked and now are not overlooked at all. And then, of course, the movie comes out in 2011. Uh, ben and Miller directing, Aaron Sorkin from the West Wing writing it. Um, Brad Pitt and Billy Bean. I mean, just the A's were in the public consciousness in this all their glory, right? And one of the one of the top moments in A's history, the Scott Hattiesburg home run. Um, you know, recreated uh, fans being able to get involved in the movie making itself because fans were out there in the Coliseum night after night as the filming was going on, so they were part of it. Uh, it was just it was a special thing. This whole Moneyball nominated for Academy Award. Uh, it was special for the A's. I think the A's really embraced it and embraced being part of that whole the movie making time and seeing Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie running around the Coliseum. It was very, very cool. Yeah, it was, you know, I, I remember doing post game shows and, you know, whoever won the game, players would come out, high five and everything, and the fans would start to go out. And I, you know, I'd be taking the phone calls and everything, and they would have to take the outfield wall apart and they'd have to turn it back into what it was back then. Right. It was, right. it was Fox sport. Was it Comcast or Fox? Fox sport. Sport? It was Fox, Fox sport. Sports Bay, yeah. like the Tampa Bay devil rays and the Montreal expos. And then to watch them recreate the outfield wall and just to watch the whole thing and watch it. It was kind of fast, you know, making of a movie looks kind of boring. Like the movie is great, but there's just a lot of downtime. There's a lot of stuff that, you know, and, and, and really was the first time I've ever watched. And I only got to see the stuff that was filmed at the Coliseum. 
right? So, I mean, but I, it was like the, it, there was a lot of waiting around for a lot of people doing that. It was a lot of waiting around, and that's kind of the movie making as you set these things. I remember they were they were doing the climatic home run, right? Chris Pratt having to hit a ball to right field, and he couldn't do it. He kept either fouling the ball off or missing the ball completely. And my parents were actually there that night and they were talking about how long it was taking just trying to get this shot of the swing and get it correctly. And, and you know, it's kudos to the, the movie makers that they wanted to get everything as close, as accurate as they could. Um, and they did a, a fairly good job. Obviously there were, there were many inaccuracies in the movie. There was some license taken with things that was frustrating. You know, for me, the first time I saw the movie, it was hard not to watch it like a documentary, right? Because I had been there every day during the 2002 season. And to, to be able to kind of watch it, well, that didn't happen. It wasn't like that. You know, they didn't have to pay for their Cokes in the clubhouse. Uh, but then going back a second time and watching it as a movie, and that's what it is. It's a movie. It was a really enjoyable movie um, just to sit and watch. Yeah, they, they, they missed some things. But overall, I think as an entertaining piece of film, I thought, I thought that's what it was. It was very entertaining. All right, run down your top 10 pop culture with the A's once again. Number 10, too legit to quit, MC Hammer, dancing in sweet A's gear. Number nine, Ron Hassey, starring role in Field of Dreams. Number eight, Tupac Shakur, the movie Poetic Justice, decked out in A's gear. Number seven, Murder at the World Series, TV movie from 1977, the A's versus the Astros. Somehow the A's didn't win that World Series. Number six, Toy Story 4, Ricky Henderson bobblehead making an appearance. Number five, Highway to Heaven, Victor French and his A's cap. Number four, maybe my favorite, Super Dave Osborne and Billy Martin. Super Dave insults Billy Martin and lives to tell about it with a few extra broken bones. Number three, the unauthorized Bass Brother experience from Lonely Island. Number two, the 74 Oakland A's showing up on The Simpsons. And number one, A's in pop culture, Moneyball, both the book and the movie. By the way, I, I, I hate to say it, but right now I'm actually on Super Dave Osborne's uh, Wikipedia page. That's <laughs> worth the read. Oh, he, he gets gravely injured every time. <laughs> And, and the picture they got of him is is, is the white suit. You know, honestly, even evil evil Knievel was the red suit. Super Dave was the white suit. Yeah, white, but he still had the stars and stripes like around the sleeve. Yeah, uh, he was he was fantastic. That's so good. Hey, another great list. You know what you mean to us here on A's Cast and A's Cast Live. Happy holidays. Happy New Year. We'll talk because, you know, we're only going to do one more show after this till uh, January. So it'll be a while before we talk with you. Be safe with you and the family, and we'll talk to you in 2021. All right. Happy holidays, everybody. Appreciate it. This has been a presentation of the Oakland Athletics. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with h track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. 
Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 